Okay, welcome everybody. It's time once again for another episode of WVU Marketing Communications Today. Brought to you as always by the good folks at West Virginia University's Marketing Communications Program. It's an online graduate program where they explore unique MarCom strategies that will help you inform, persuade, and inspire audiences. That's our goal today. We're going to do all three. We're going to inform, persuade, and inspire. What do you say, Whitney? I'm all for it. (laughs) Okay. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday to you. What's it look like in the great uh, state of Michigan today here? Blue sky and sun. Wow. Take a picture and send it to me. That doesn't happen very often. (laughs) (laughs) So what does happen is every week you bring the most interesting guests. And who have you got with you today? Jacelyn Swenson from IBM is with us today. What are you going to talk about today here? A tale of two brands? The business and yours. (laughs) We're going to talk about brands, the business brand and your own brand, and how COVID-19 is challenging our businesses and our careers at an unprecedented rate. All right, let's bring her in. Jacelyn, are you there? I am here. Thank you. And you're with IBM? I'm with IBM, yes. IBM. There's a brand that's been around for how long? A thousand years, it seems like here. Well, it feels like a thousand years sometimes, but 109 to be exact. Wow. And it's certainly gone through a reimagining of its brand through the years. Oh, we've gone through lots of transformations. Yes. It's important. Every brand should go through a transformation. I'm going to do a little intro for Jason. She leads the strategic partnerships and events for IBM Corporate Communications, working with senior leaders across the business to drive IBM thought leadership. Previously, she led global brand programs for the corporate marketing team, where she created social, digital, and immersive experiences that made the IBM brand more relevant and engaging with its stakeholders. She also developed community-based marketing, communication initiatives, led global teams that generated award-winning market presence, and delivered sales pipeline and exceeded revenue targets for the IBM software group. And prior to that, she held marketing communication leadership positions at GE. So we're Super thrilled to have her and can't wait to talk about the tale of two brands. So, Jason, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. Do you want to give a little bit of why you wanted to talk about this session, a little bit of the tale of two cities, best and worst of times, and then we can kind of roll into the questions? Yes. Well, thank you, Whitney. I'll be happy to do that. It struck me that Charles Dickens' tale of two cities was very much on my mind, and I was thinking about that as I was considering my favorite topic, branding, and I've done that for the majority of my career. And, you know, to steal from Charles Dickens, to be exact, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. And I think COVID-19 is challenging businesses and careers at such an unprecedented rate, as you mentioned. And it's requiring organizations to transform in order to meet previously unfathomable needs of their stakeholders. It's requiring new skill sets, requiring new ways for us to deliver experiences in a virtual world. And it's demanding that we respond to these changes at ever increasing rates. So that's where I was coming from. I think it requires that we look at our business brands and ensure that what our business brand is projecting and what our personal brand is projecting is going to determine and help define if this is going to be the best or the worst of your time today in COVID. For sure. And our brand role during COVID has had to shift a bit. And so how do you see that shift in the role of the brand in today's COVID world 
changing? Businesses are being challenged on all fronts. I think we're all witnessing that from various angles. And the strength of the brand is going to determine how quickly that business can pivot. It's a question we have to ask ourselves. Is the content you're delivering or or the campaigns you're running or the experiences you're creating, are they reflecting the brand a brand that is listening to its stakeholders. And in the context of stakeholders, I'm talking about your employees, your customers, your partners, investors, your local communities, even society as a whole. And especially that's, that couldn't be more true than the world we're living in today in this, in this COVID virtual world. So how does a brand look at their stakeholders and figure out how to continue to be relevant or evolve given all of those changes? Oh, that's a great question. I guess the first thing I would say is to ask yourself and your team, does the core idea of your brand stand apart from your competitors? And then look at how you're experienced in a virtual world. And you might find perhaps you're not being experienced as well as you should, because that's where experiences are happening today in that virtual world. I would just suggest that now is the time to double down, listen to those stakeholders, really listen and act. Your brand should be central to all the decisions you're making on all your programs and your campaigns and even your communications platforms. I would suggest don't hesitate to shift resources and budget to meet your brand promise with the backdrop we're experiencing today. The key thing here, Whitney, is that your stakeholders are watching and the stakes are really high in what I I think we're all seeing in today's cancel culture. So very, very important that you're true to your brand and that you project that accordingly. I agree 100%. Are there any examples of companies that are doing it well or emerging trends that you believe they should be leveraging as you stay true to your brand in this super important time to be, you know, living our values and following through with them and being relevant, which is difficult. I won't list companies that are, that are doing it particularly well. That, that could be very subjective, but I will talk about some emerging trends. How about that? Sounds great. I think COVID has had an enormous impact as an example on events. And so from my perspective, what I'm seeing is that the media and industry conveners have had to reinvent what events look like, frankly. So gone for now are those week-long and the pricey registration for industry, these big industry and trade shows. If they haven't been canceled, then they have been replaced with shorter virtual and free events that are featuring marquee headline-grabbing speakers. This is so the organizer can attract attendees because it's a real saturated virtual market right now. And the other thing I'm seeing is that since travel has been curtailed, many executives are making themselves available to virtually attend and speak at more events. So the question to ask as you're looking at your brand and on behalf of your brand is, are your executives availing themselves for these opportunities? Because these today are ideal platforms for your senior leaders to demonstrate to their stakeholders that they are prioritizing, they're innovating, pivoting, hesitate to use that, I know it's probably overused, and they're leading, most importantly, they're leading with humanity. The other thing I'm seeing too 
is that with these virtual platforms and speaker opportunities, generally a keynote would be like 30, 45 minutes long, followed by a 10 to 15 minute Q&A. What we've seen is that has flipped. Now it's about a 15 minute keynote, if you can imagine that, followed by a 30 to 45 minute Q&A. And that's because you can only have so much attention on that little screen and the Q&A enables the convener to engage the audience, whether it's through asking the questions, through real-time polling. So that's something to keep in mind too, that you've got to provide a net-net communication. You've got to collapse that 30-minute keynote down to that 10 to 15-minute format. And so there's some adjustment that needs to be made too for those who are in charge of the thought leadership and messaging for their senior leaders. It sounds like virtual events are becoming normal and the the new, I know this is overused, but the new normal is that we're, you know, we're going to continue to do virtual events for the foreseeable future. Is that where you are seeing a differentiation versus cancellations? They're moving them to virtual? Well, a little bit of both. Yes, a lot are I would say for the short term, they are going to be virtual. And it's what I say is a virtual experience economy right now. In fact, just yesterday, I think I saw that the World Economic Forum, you know, they typically have their event in Davos the third week in January. And now that has been pushed out to the summertime. So either events are pushing them out so they can keep them physical or the, you know, in real life IRL events or they're going fully virtual. There might be a combination of the two. But one thing that we are seeing is that live streams and other virtual events will be the norm for a while. Platforms like LinkedIn, for instance, are investing and expanding their virtual event offerings so they can help brands enhance their virtual events. So that's suggesting to me that virtual events are gonna be here to stay. So it's gonna be part of the complement of experiences. It's going to be that channel that is going to require a lot more attention as you're making investments in your program. And in fact, I saw an interesting quote, Whitney, recently. I saw this quote from a Reddit user, and it said, quote, adapt or die. If you can't adapt your business to the modern world, your business doesn't deserve to exist. You know, those are the words that make you stand up and pay attention a little bit in this, in this new economy. Yeah, I got in a little bit of heat with my mother because I called someone out who was complaining about a business model. And I said, I didn't say it quite that upfront, but it's time for change. You need to adapt. And so then it started a very long conversation about how these are the times when change is necessary and you have to adapt and change your model. And everyone's doing it from, we talked a little bit yesterday, ordering groceries online. I was fortunate enough, I have twins and had ordered groceries online for eight years, but a lot of people had to learn and a lot of stores had to adapt. So I think 100% agreement with that. I think we want to move a little bit into what this means for our personal brands. And I think you hit on it when you talked about our leadership and using virtual events and having them speak so that's their personal brand related back to the company. But how is our personal brand changing in all of this as well and the way we use our personal brand? Well, that's a great question. The same principles I was sharing about the business brand apply to your personal brand. 
I would suggest to take the time now to look at your work and your activity on all your social channels. By that, I mean, what are your handles? What are your tweets, your feeds, your links, even the likes say about you? And are your experiences and your strengths, all your aspirations coming across? Are they clear and positioning you well for the needs of a, a virtual COVID world? What are all these experiences on the social channels saying about the experiences and the skills that you possess? But most importantly, what is missing? If you see all of that and something where you have very evident strength is not showing up, then you need to make some adjustments. But here's one thing I'll add. One thing is very clear. The future workforce will change 100% and will require new skills. With that, I mean, growth is going to be fundamental to the foundation of any type of innovation. And to grow, you've got to step outside your comfort zone. But as you do that, you want to focus on the areas where you can excel best based on your natural strengths. That's going to be really key to not only your personal success, but also your professional success. That's awesome. I think we're ready to take a break. Yes, we are. Here we go. And the short break is just to remind you that uh, this year's WVU Integrate Conference, the one we've attended every year for the past few years, it's moved online. Only makes sense. So now you can see marketing communications experts from a variety of industries who are going to show you how and what to say during this unprecedented time. You can view the schedule and tune into the live virtual sessions. You can check it out right now at integrate.wvu.edu. That's integrate.wvu.edu. And after you check that out, you may want to also uh, delve a little further into West Virginia University's new digital marketing communications master's degree program. It's fully online as well and can be completed in just a year. With built-in certifications from platforms like Google and Facebook, the program gives you both the strategy and the skills you need to reach audiences on those old media that we grew up with and these new ones that are emerging all around us. Learn more at Marketing Communications, that's plural, marketingcommunications.wvu.edu. Okay, we're talking with two giants here about how the world is shifting around us here, and uh, can't wait to hear where this goes. I guess I have one quick question, and I ask everybody, and it's probably too soon to know, is this the new normal? Once it's over, phew, we just go right back to the way things were. What do you guys think? Oh, I think it's normal. (laughs) (laughs) So we shouldn't. We're we're all pining to go back to the way it was. I'm not sure it just rolls back to the way it was. I think people have got to adapt. They have to assume that a lot of this is going to stick, don't you think, Jason? Uh, Absolutely. There's a great quote. Growth and comfort cannot coexist. (laughs) This is is feeling very uncomfortable for all of us because this is a whole new world. And if you look back in history, there are similar situations where there were world wars or famines and and the pandemic of you know earlier in the 20th century it all prompted change adaptation and the exciting thing too when we come out of it is a lot of innovation so that you know that's i hesitate to say this is an exciting time because it's still very painful 
for all of us on many different levels. But out of it are a lot of exciting innovations. You look at uh, the work that's being done on trying to find a vaccine for this at unprecedented rates. I'm encouraged. I, it's an opportunity for all of us to grow and to adapt and do things differently. The optimistic part of me wants us to take the good things that we're learning and the changes that we're making and carry them through, right? That's ultimately what we want from um, these experiences, right? Right before the break, Jason, you started to talk about new skills and taking new skills and kind of playing to your strengths. How do you see those new skills emerging based on our situation? And it ties into, to your point, rapid vaccine development or evolution of food delivery, or it could be any number of things, but how do you see those new skills emerging as a result? One big area that is increasingly critical is data analytics. Now, it's funny coming from me. I am a self-proclaimed right-brain person, but I have come to appreciate my left brain and my left brain friends because data is driving a lot of decision-making and accelerating the rate of transformation for virtually all businesses and industries. In fact, I go back to the premise of this podcast that, uh, you know, what is it, sitting at the crossroads of data-driven decision-making and modern marketing practices, I think that's exactly where we are because it is a little bit of an art and a science. And I see with data, what I've come to appreciate is that there are so many stories that are hidden in the numbers. And as I mentioned, what we do is an art and a science. It's important that we incorporate some element of being data-driven in terms of our decision-making, in terms of our tracking, how you know, what we're doing and in the context of our business, the success of the campaigns and the programs that we're running. But it's important to not be so data-driven that it's at the sake of emotional intelligence because emotional intelligence also is extremely important. It's being heralded, I think, as one of the most important characteristics for today's successful leader. So it's going to be a real delicate balance. Again, it's that art and science, that right brain and left brain, and leveraging what you can discern from the data to tell a better story and to be a more compassionate leader in the process. You hit on something that I'm super passionate about, which is PR practitioners or communication practitioners typically have high emotional intelligence, and we use a lot of reading, learning, lifetime learners and experience to help us make good decisions. What we need is the balance of those emotional intelligent instincts and data, right? It's the art and the science coming together that helps us optimize our performance moving forward. And I'm super passionate about it because it's not saying that you don't have great emotional intelligence. It's balancing that emotional intelligence with data. I agree. Exactly. 100%. You know, another trend I see is uh, digital. We've talked about it for the reasons I, I listed earlier. You know, as we're all realizing, gone for now is that in real life experience, that IRL we see, a new acronym. And of course, we hope it's all going to come back. But until it does, virtual is going to be key and continue to play a, a key role in the work that we do. And whether that's in the industry events or trade shows, company shareholder meetings, media conferences, or product announcements, for instance, I would encourage the listeners to ask yourself, do you have the skills necessary 
and the access to the technology platforms that will help you envision and lead and execute these initiatives in a virtual world. And do you know how to show up on screen? I know that sounds so basic, but I can't say enough how important it is to look interested <laughs> and contribute to the discussion because, and I think we're all guilty of this, we ourselves get so distracted by the person on the screen and do you find yourself looking in their background? You know, what are the books on the shelves? Many of us are working from home these days and there's a greater understanding of the background noises from children and dogs. And my only recommendation is to do whatever you can to control what you can and just know that we're all in this together and there is that that shared understanding. But don't forget that the mute button is your friend. And for goodness sakes, you know, I, I've seen this on several occasions and my recommendation is please don't eat while you're participating in a web conference. That's my only request. <laughs> yeah, the mute button is definitely your friend. I'd much rather be talking on mute than not be on mute. So I think we have one <laughs> Good last point. question. What are some immediate steps that you think we could all take to prepare and be with these changes? And you touched it a little bit earlier on our personal and our brands, but I want to just some quick steps you think we can take to make sure we're learning and growing during this crazy time. Well, I've put together what I call my three R's because what was pumping me to think about this is the godfather of personal branding, Tom Peters, said you need to be the CEO of your career. And these days that's truer now more than ever. Take stock of where you are today. And I have this funny sort of habit of my own. Whenever I go to a mall or a, a state park, I always look for that you are here sign because I always want to see where I am in the universe, you know, note where you are and where you need to go to get to your destination. Maybe it's because I love to read maps. So that's a little bit about me. But the three R's are reassess, reinvent and respond. So you can stay relevant because it's all about being relevant today. First, with reassess, be willing to give up what is no longer relevant and learn new skills. You want to think out of the box. There's a lot of noise out there. you got to rise above the din. And I actually saw another quote the other day on one of my feeds. One of the most extraordinary aspects of our humanity is our capacity to learn, grow, and change. So that's a little encouragement for folks who think they can't do it. Well, you can because you've got that enormous capacity. And second, I would say reinvent. Commit to learning something new every day. And I know that probably sounds trite, but it could be as simple as a new word. It could be as complex as a new technology like 5G. What does that mean for you, your business, your career, or something in between like a new killer app? And I would say the plus side of the pandemic, there's a lot of plus sides if we stand back, painful too, truly. But the plus side are all the virtual learning options that are available thanks to technology. So think about it, whether it's in the form of a master's class, online tutorials, virtual seminars, or even podcasts like this one. So make sure you leverage your time to get that certificate, maybe even learn to code, get a better grasp of data analytics, like I discussed earlier, how the numbers can help you tell your story, even practicing writing more clearly and succinctly and with impact. I mean, little things like that you can do right now will pay dividends. And then finally, respond. Determine who you are and where you want to go. I would say take the time now to reestablish connections and insert yourself in the conversations that will help pave you to reach your goals. I saw somewhere that the next killer app is the phone, and I, I can't agree more. In fact, I even tweeted about it. A conversation is 
much more personal and can be a lot more productive than an email or a text. Give that a try. And believe me, it will pay dividends during these COVID times. So those are my my three tips. That's awesome, Jason. It's a great way to end it. Leverage your connection. Thank you for connecting with us today. I super appreciate it. It was awesome to speak with you. And we're done for today. Okay. You've been listening to WVU Marketing Communications Today, brought to you live from West Virginia University, a weekly program that sits at the intersection of data-driven decision-making and marketing practice, only on the Funnel Radio Network, for at-work listeners like you.